magnify the Lord that healeth, delivers, that has set free. Uh, and praise God for Bishop Jackson and all of my brothers and sisters in the faith. And uh, I count it an honor and a pleasure to participate in the Holy Convocation uh, and, and just play a part in what God is doing. I just uh, pray for God's speed as we go on into the services and all the many speakers that are lined up to speak. I just pray God's blessings over them uh, at this time that we're able to still come together and share uh, the word of God and, and participate and fellowship together on one accord. So I'm going to go into prayer and uh, praise God for this uh, opportunity to be with you. And we're going to go right into the message. Father, I bless you now and I thank you. I magnify you and I lift you up. I thank you because you alone are Lord and God all by yourself. You are my rock, our fortress, our soon coming King. Father, every person that's under my voice now, I ask that your Holy Spirit rest, rule, abide with them, lead them and guide them, O oh God. Cause the word that we preach today uh, fall on good soil, that our hearts and minds be pliable, that our lives be changed and renewed by the renewing of our minds, O oh God, that we may be, be able to, uh, uh, Lord God, uh, transform our lives and prove your good and perfect will for our lives. We recognize you as our Lord. We recognize you as our God. We recognize you as our King. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With all the uh, things that have gone on over the last year and the transitions that we've made, uh, we are uh, still adjusting and had to take a crash course through 2020 on the virtual uh, way of doing things, but I praise God that his grace is sufficient. As I was given the topic uh, for uh, our conference, the time is now, I was uh, meditating and praying and asking God uh, how and what it was he wanted me to say, and my mind continued to go back to our first love, and that is the, the lost souls and the life of those who may not have hope and recognizing that the time is now for the body of Christ to recognize who we are in Christ. Praise God. As my text, I'm going to look uh, first at Romans, the eighth chapter, uh, and the 18th through the 23rd verse. And it says, Romans 8, 18. This is NIV. I like this version first. Uh, and then later on, I'm going to go into uh, the Amplified. But it says, I consider that our present suffering are not worthy or worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Wow. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by his own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected to the hope in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22, it says, we know that, that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions to sonship and redemption of our bodies. If we take a minute and look at this passage, I'm, 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 I'm looking at things that parallel to our current day. The suffering of our present time. It tells us not to count those worthy of the common glory. It talks about our freedom and glory that we have as the children of God and the frustrations of creation and the world around us. That reminds me of what we have experienced over the last few months through our pandemic and through many different exchanges and frustrations and adjustments that we've had, it makes us have a yearning, a desire for something better. I don't know about you, but I'm standing in expectation for this upcoming year, this year that we've entered into. I'm in expectation. I have a, a mind of expectation. My mind in this particular time that we're in now is expecting some glory. I'm expecting to see some healing. I'm expecting to see some deliverance. I'm expecting to see the move of God like never before. And in order for that to happen, I know for a fact that the men and women of God, there's going to have to be a pouring out of his spirit. There's going to have to be men, women, boys and girls all over, all over the world rising to a standard. And now is the time. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm in labor pains. I feel like I'm expecting as a woman in labor. Hmm. I'm expecting to honor his word. I'm expecting to continue uh, for him to continue uh, uh, to, to protect me. I'm expecting God to heal. I'm expecting God to free, deliver, and set free those who are lost. I'm expecting more than I've experienced. I'm expecting for my latter to be greater than my former. I'm expecting to find glory. If I use for a topic today, finding glory in critical times. Finding glory in critical times. The time is now for us to find glory in critical times. Not only am I expecting great things, I have to recognize and realize that not all of my brothers and sisters are standing in a spirit of expectation during these critical times that we've lived in, that we're living in, and that we're going through. Not all of my brothers and sisters, not all of the saints are recognizing the access to God's glory in the midst of critical times. We're not all having this inward groan and yearning for for better, for deliverance, for healing. Some of us are just merely trying to get by. Some of us has allowed ourselves to fall asleep at the wheel. We've allowed ourselves to be overtaken by the rigors of life, the frustrations of life, the frustrations of the pandemic, the frustrations of wearing a mask, the frustrations of not being together in one accord, in one place, in one building, to fellowship and, and be with one another another. 
We have lost sight of the opportunity to see God's glory in the midst of our trying times and our critical issues. Some of us have allowed the signs of the time, the present struggles to be counted more than our hope and our future. It has caused us to fall asleep. It has caused us to lose sight of the fact that we have a, 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 an assignment. God has given us assignment through the pandemic. God has given us a responsibility as his sons and daughters of the faith to carry out his agenda. We've allowed the fire to go out. We've allowed our passion to seek the lost, to seek the souls of the lost. It's gone dim. That fire has gone dim. We've allowed it to the, the passion to seek the lost to go out. Hmm, the desire to feed the hungry has diminished. Our fight to uh, dominate, to subdue, and to overtake the enemy's camp has all but diminished. In many of our churches, we're just merely trying to adjust to the change in times. We're merely trying to adjust and keep our head above water. But it is in these times like these that we have to find out what we're truly made of. Who are we truly uh, 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 representing? What has God had put in, put in us? You don't know how much your faith can handle until it's put to the test. I'm reminded in, in Romans as possible, the Apostle Paul uh, was confirming uh, some of the governmental protocols. He was confirming some of the rules and operations of the citizenship and explaining how uh, we are to uh, uh, honor those who govern us and are over us in the civil uh, 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 arena. However, he took a side note and he explained the importance of governing ourselves from a spiritual perspective during critical times. The Amplified Version in Romans 13, verse 11 through 13, it says, do this. This is talking about how you govern. He said, do this knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency for our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believe in Christ. Verse 12, it says, the night, this present evil age is almost gone and the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Put a note there. The full armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably as in the light of day, not in uh, 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 partying and, and drunkenness, not in sexual uh, promiscuity, uh, uh, irresponsibility, not in quarreling or jealousness, uh, uh, but he says in verse 14, but clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regards to its uh, improper desires. I'm not going to be before you long, but I want to take a look at these three things. There's three things that Paul explained to us very clearly in these 
few passages. One, what time it was. He identified that this, that we are living this current dark age that we're living in is a crucial time. Secondly, he tells us what we should not be doing. And lastly, he tells us what it is we should be doing. We first must identify that we are now living in critical times. Now, it may not be critical times according to your agenda, but when you put your agenda against God's agenda, when you put your, your time frame against God's time frame, when you put your, uh, 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 your desires, your wants, your needs, uh, uh, your enjoyment, your entertainment against those things where God has put in a line, we are most definitely in critical times because we're not doing what God has ordained for us to do and representing the body of Christ because the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord is on his way and he's on his way and he's on his way. When I say he's on his way, you can look at the signs of the times and the time is for the sons of God to show themselves strong. The time now is for us to be walking in dominion, to walk in power, to walk in the authority, to represent the kingdom of heaven like never before. In order for this world to be prepared and ready for us to answer the call of all of creation who is currently looking, they're waiting for the sons of God to show up. The sons of God are going to have to show up. Hallelujah. That's good to me. The sons of God are going to have to show up and stand in power. They're going to have to stand in dominion. They're going to have to stand in the grace of God in order for the glory to be found in critical times. As we look back at uh, verse number 11, he said, do this, knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. Paul is trying to get us to recognize that we need to now have the same energy, ain't same energy, the same zeal, the same zest for life, the same joy of the Lord that gave us strength at the point of our salvation is going to be the same joy that gives us strength to endure. It's going to be the same joy of the Lord that's going to give us strength to remain holy, to, to remain righteous, to remain in the face of God, to be able to receive all all of the gifts uh, and promises of God in these critical times. He is trying to tell us not to fall asleep, to not be distracted by the things of this world, to rock us to sleep to the necessity of our roles and responsibilities as we fulfill God's agenda for our life. The strength that we need to overcome, to go through this year, to go through the next few, few years, we, we, we will focus on the fact that we've had a struggle last year and we will project what we want to happen into the next year when we never took the time to separate from time because God is not limited from time limited by time. God has an eternal agenda and his agenda has been and always will be the life 
and the souls of those who are lost. He is looking to redeem the lost. The Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and be in right standing. The kingdom has been his children. The kingdom has been the lost souls. The kingdom are the people that he gave himself in the form of man for so that they may be redeemed out of darkness into the marvelous light. It doesn't have to do with your light bill, your mortgage bill, your car note. It doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, coming together, not coming together. It has to do with being on kingdom assignment and being according to his word, which means to bring all those who are lost into the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord, God, Savior, and King. We have to become so, we have to come to a point where we're so connected with God's agenda that we're not overwhelmed in just trying to survive. We've caught ourselves in these critical times just trying to survive, trying to keep our heads above water, trying to avoid COVID, trying to avoid uh, uh, contagion, trying to, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have to do our part, but we cannot do our part to the degree that we're at fault of not following God's agenda. We can't get so far off track of the fact that God has given us an assignment. You say, what's the assignment? Okay, I'll tell you. Look at verse number 12. Verse number 12 says that the night, the present evil age, this is the Amplified, it says, is almost gone and the day of Christ is returned. Christ is at return, is almost here. So let us fling away the work of darkness and put on the full armor of light. I told you to put a pin there. Putting on the armor of light means that this is your work of righteousness. This is working the work of ministry under the anointing of Christ in right standing with him, drawing, being a testimony, going through your trials, going through your circumstances, going through your issues, going through these critical times in right standing with God, allowing the light of life to illuminate all who was around you that we may be testimonies of his goodness, to be a testimony of his kindness, to be a testimony of his redemptive power. The armor of light is doing the work of righteous ministry. You find glory with God when you seek the kingdom. God wants souls to be saved and lives to be redeemed. We cannot be so caught up in both our sin nature, our own personal sin nature, and the influences of the world and the world's nature to the degree that we forget to seek the lives of those who are lost. For me, I cut my teeth, my, I, I cut my teeth in evangelism. I have always had a heart once I recognized that God uh, 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 called me to, to teach and to, to reach the lost, I have always had a heart for transitioning, bringing people out of darkness into the marvelous light, bringing people into the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior, as Lord, as God, as King. And I have noticed that many of our brothers and sisters in the faith, we will get so caught up 
with our own personal sin nature, trying to overcome personal issues, anger, unforgiveness, addictions, anxiety, uh, 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 different life frustrations. And then after we try to work our way through all of those, then we have to fight against the influences of the world, politics, worldview, different types of uh, uh, redefining of the family and, and, and these things. And we get to a point where where's the time to let our light shine, to draw somebody else into the body of Christ. We have found ourselves so overcome with the frustrations of this world that we've lost sight of the agenda, the agenda to go and to preach the gospel and teach and heal, set free, lay hands on the sick, to call those things that be. We have an agenda that God has given us, but we have become spiritually, according to Paul, we have become spiritually sleepy, allowing the enemy to rock us to sleep. You have to stay on your post. You have to stay on the, on the wall. You have to be watched. You have to watch and be vigilant. Why? Because the day of judgment is coming and God will judge without mercy. Yes, I said it. God will judge without mercy. Our salvation for us is guaranteed. We have a place at the table. We have a God that, that hear us and understand us, that's going to cover us. He's going to uh, uh, constantly be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. We always going to be with him because we are now in the body of Christ. We've been baptized into the body of Christ. We are one with him. We've been grafted in. We are now sons of the most high God. And because of that, nothing can separate us. We have access to healing. We are always covered under the blood. He will always provide for us and keep for us. He will always keep his word and keep his promises for us. There was no weapon that formed against us will prosper. There has been a standard that will be lifted against anything that comes in. The Bible says when the enemy comes in, it's like a flood that the spirit of the Lord raises a standard. Being saved, being a part of the body of Christ guarantees that we are safe, sound, and secure in him. However, we have uh, uh, those who are lost who have no hope. They do not have the joy of recognizing that there's a hope of glory. They don't have the joy of their salvation sustaining and keeping and, uh, and, and, and helping them through these situations. That's your job. That is your job. That is my job. That's the church's job. In these critical times, the time is now to remember that we have an agenda. We have an agenda that God has given us and the agenda requires that we be holy and righteous before him. Watch this. We cannot forget that the whole world is yearning. They're longing. They're waiting for the true sons of God to stand up, but not only stand up, to stand up in holiness, stand up in righteousness, stand up in the armor of light that they know that what we're saying and what we're re representing is true. The church has been the biggest enemy of the church in the trans transitioning those who are lost into the body of Christ because we don't always stand up for righteousness. We will allow things to go forward and say things and do things that is not a holy testimony. 
We have to put on an armor of light. This is critical time like never before. If we're going to find glory in critical time, we have to live holy. We have to live righteous. And we got to prove to the world that the Son of God is the redemptive power, the only redemptive power that can bring Satan down to his knees, bring this world back to a standard of righteousness to represent the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors. We can find glory. We can find glory in critical times. Be holy as God is holy. Do the righteous work. The time is now for us to be righteous before a righteous God. Watch this. I'm getting ready to close just a little bit more. Verse 13. He, he, he explains it really well here. He said, let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably as in the light of day, not in uh, uh, carousing and drunkenness and in sexual uh, promiscuity and irresponsibility, not in quarreling and jealousy. We have within ourselves placed ourselves in all of these worldly issues when all we need to do is be righteous and stand firm in the fact that Jesus is Lord. No weapon formed us against him against us or prosper. Now is the time for the world to see the holiness of God being fulfilled and manifest in us. Now is the time for the sons of God to fight and not only fight, but fight the good fight of faith without wavering, not being double-minded, but being single-minded to the fact that we serve a risen Savior. Now is the time for us to declare the goodness of the Lord. Now is the time for the church to make a declaration. Going into this year, we have to declare a thing. We have to say what thus says the Lord. And in saying what God says, the Holy Spirit will perform it. He's the paraclete. He comes alongside us to perform that which God has established. When we say what God says according to God's agenda, God is obligated to perform it. Take your mind off of ourselves. Take your mind off of your fears because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Take your mind off of the circumstances and put your mind on the solution because we're in critical time and the whole world is depending on us. The whole world is depending on us to stand fast through the critical times. Now is the time to find the glory in these critical times. Verse 14, it says, but close yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regards to its uh, uh, improper desires. Your flesh is going to tell you you don't need to have Bible study. Your flesh is going to tell you that one time a prayer this day and that day is okay. Your flesh is going to tell you all of these other things that's contrary to the agenda that God has given us. Your flesh is going to tell you that these people that you don't see, that you're no longer in direct contact with, don't need your testimony. Your flesh will tell you all types of lies. But there's no good thing in this flesh. As I close, we have to remember the time is now for us to turn our backs on our flesh. It's time to turn our backs 
on our fear, our addictions, our agenda, our, our religious uh, rituals. We need to turn our backs on these things that the world tells us needs or require our attention. We need to turn our back on the complacent attitude, this sleepy, uh, take it or leave it, lackadaisical attitude toward our work in ministry. Our work to represent the kingdom of heaven is our responsibility still to this day to hold up the bloodstained banner. God's word is true. It has never been void of power. It is our responsibility. Our flesh has no good in it. But when we seek God and seek him first, we find glory. The time is now to find the glory in these critical times. The time is now to find glory. In the critical times, we overcome by knowing, number one, that our salvation is whole and complete, lacking nothing in him. We overcome by knowing that our salvation is whole and complete. We overcome, we find glory in our salvation by standing on the promises of God, knowing that they will not come back void. Number three, we find the glory in critical times by living holy. We live holy and righteous because that is our testimony. The Bible tells us that it's the righteous who as bold as a lion. It's only the wicked who flee when no man pursue. Being holy and righteous is your testimony. These are the things that will draw people into you. And once you draw them into you, you let the light of life work through you. The anointing of the Holy Spirit introduce who God is and cause lives to be changed, hearts to be changed, minds to be transformed, and whole lives will be manifesting the glory of God and showing the proof that Jesus is Lord. And ultimately... The greatest glory that ever can be found in a critical time is when you seek and save those who are lost. That's my time. I just wanted to take a minute and share that with you this, this tonight, today, and wanted you to be able to hear what God has placed on my, for, on my heart. The time is now. The time is right now for you to recognize that you have an agenda at the beginning of this year, set your heart, set your mind, set your agenda, parallel, put it in alignment with God's agenda. The Bible tells us those who lead people to Christ are wise. You find favor. I encourage you. I challenge you in 2021. Use it as a year to take all of your focus off of the pandemic, take all of your focus off of your flesh, take all of your focus all of, off of your anxiety, your fears, your hurt, your heartache, your lack, and I dare you, I challenge you to put at the forefront of your mind is to lead people to Christ because we're living in a critical time. Let us pray. Father, I bless you now. I thank you for your word because it's true and it won't come back void. Father, the Bible tells us when the word comes forth, the enemy comes to steal it. But what is ours? What has become ours? What we plant in our heart, 
no man can take it away. Father, I ask now for a special anointing on the lives of the men and women, the ministers, elders, pastors, bishops, apostles, who all are here, Father God, is connecting together on this line. Your word says that where you are, there's liberty. Where your spirit is, there's freedom. Father, I ask that the freedom to share your gospel like never before, the freedom to reach beyond the walls of the, the screen and through the internet and the, the multimedia facets. Oh God, I ask now for the freedom for your Holy Spirit, Father God, to touch the lives and hearts of those that we may not have been able to touch. Father, we now have access to the whole world and the whole world needs to know that you and you alone are Lord. You are our healer. You are our sustainer. You are our rock, our fortress, our provider. In you, oh God, we have our life. Outside of you, we can do nothing. You alone are Lord and God all by yourself. Father God, my request right now is that someone may say, what must I do to be saved? Father, cause their heart to be pricked. No one can come to you except your spirit lead. Even now as I speak, oh God, cause their heart to call out that I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ died on, my, on the cross and God by his own power raised him from the dead that we may have life and that life more abundantly. Lord, forgive us all for we've all sinned and come short. Come into our life. Make us anew. Give us a fresh anointing right now. Restore, God, the joy of our salvation that we may move in power and dominion. Father, this is our prayer. As we recognize you as Lord, God, and King, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You be blessed. I've enjoyed my time with you.